Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. If you are new here, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to welcome you into our Healthy Hormones community. And speaking of community, if you haven't joined our Healthy Hormones for Women podcast community group on Facebook, do that now. You can actually just search Healthy Hormones for Women on Facebook and our group will pop up and you can join us there. We share lots of great content in there, great recipes, some really great tips. We do some great live videos in there and lots of goodness. So if you're looking for an amazing community to connect with and a group of women that are all on their journey to healing and optimizing their health and their hormones and their life and all of the good things, then definitely come join us there. Also, if you haven't downloaded our free five-day sugar detox challenge, it is so easy to follow. It's so delicious. And I know you guys are going to love it. You can download that at holisticwellness.ca forward slash sugar detox. And always, as always, come find me on Instagram. I want to know how you love the detox, how it's working for you and the meals that you're cooking up. Um, Always share with me your insights and what you're up to. I always love to hear about it. And you can always post inside the Facebook group uh, community as well. All right. So outside of that, like, how are you guys doing? We're at the end of freaking July Still so much going on right now with the pandemic and lots of ups and downs. And I know it's, you know, we're not really in that quarantine space that we were in, you know, March, April, but still it's, it's still not feeling, still not feeling normal, right? I don't even think we're really ever going to go back to normal. There's going to be a new normal. Um, and it's just been interesting navigating this, this new terrain and, there's not a lot of places that are open or, um, you know, restaurants, for example, like I, I just miss going out for brunch on a Saturday or Sunday morning. And we've actually, Gaten and I have, have gone to brunch to some of, there's one, one spot that we love, Kerr Street Cafe for anybody who, um, who lives in the local GTA area. Um, it's in Oakville. And I mean, they're doing curbside pickup, which is great, but you know, it's just that feeling of wanting to be inside and sitting down with your friends and your family and not eating out of a box and just, um, you know, being able to take your time and sit there and enjoy and go through the menu. And it's just a different vibe now, you know, and I know some of us are feeling lonely and maybe haven't been able to see and connect with some of our family, especially depending where you live and travel restrictions. So that could be a challenge. So whatever it is you're going through, I'm just sending you lots of love and healing love from afar and that we can all really just come out of this stronger and hopefully more connected and kinder because it's been crazy to really see the sort of divide that has been happening. And it's been really unfortunate. And I feel like that's 
That's been the biggest piece that's been hard for me is going out in public and just that interaction with others has been so different and how people look at you and people are angry, people are, you know, and I get it. People are concerned. People are overwhelmed. People have lost jobs. Like I get there's so much that's going on and people are really feeling it. And because of that, what I've noticed is there's been this divide that's been happening and people are angry with each other and just really short with each other. So I'm really hoping that we can come out of this feeling more connected and just kinder because everyone's on their own path and on their own journey. And let's not judge from afar. We don't really know what people are going through. So I'm just been trying to show up with a smile, even if it's through a mask and um, show up with a smile and um, just really being conscious of of judgment and, and non-judgment. So just planting that seed here for you today. All right. So let's dive into our episode today. I'm really excited for this one, like super pumped. I think I say that every time, but we're talking about CBD, medicinal mushrooms, oh, all the good stuff, Um, cannabis, CBD, and mushrooms. Like it is so good. And there's so much to know about this topic and it's been really coming to the forefront, like especially CBD oil. I mean, we've been seeing so much of that um, across different brands and companies. Um, For example, you guys know I love North American Herb and Spice and their Hemp and All PM product. That's a hemp hemp oil. They have some other hemp oil products that I've been using and I love. I've used CBD. Um, There's some really great dispensaries around us and I've I've gotten some CBD oil you know, there's especially around like certain countries and states and whatnot here in Canada, you can actually grow your own cannabis. I think you can have up to four plants. I totally forget. So there's different legalities based on where you live, but we know that there's a ton of healing properties in cannabis and in CBD. So I invited the expert on here. She just wrote a book, The Rebels Apothecary, and it is all about CBD and mushrooms and cannabis. So in today's episode, we are talking about what CBD is and how it's different from THC, what the endocannabinoid system is. We talk about why people would want to use CBD for wellness. We dive into medicinal mushrooms and low dose mushrooms. Um, Jenny has this amazing story about her dad using medicinal mushrooms through his cancer treatment. And we talk about just the benefits of using cannabis, of using CBD, of using mushrooms, and just really diving into the history of it, the science of it, and why you might want to use it and some things to really be conscious of. We also talk about psychedelic mushrooms. There's just so much goodness in this episode. So I really hope you guys are going to learn a lot and you guys are going to love it. So Jenny Sansusi is the author of The Rebels Apothecary, a practical guide to the healing magic of cannabis, CBD, and mushrooms. She's a certified health coach and creator of the wellness blog, Healthy Crush, where she's been writing since 2008. Jenny is a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and has been trained by functional medicine doctor Frank Lippman, MD in New York City, and she is based in Brooklyn. So let's dive into our episode. I would love to hear from you guys. Be sure to find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie and also connect with Jenny at Jenny Sansusi on Instagram. I'll be sure to put that all in the show notes. Let's dive in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. It's going to be super fun. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. Me too. And before we do that, can you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, um, I have been writing about health and wellness topics online since around 2008 is when I started my first blog. Um, so I've been in the in the wellness world for for quite a while. I after I started that, I I went through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become trained as a health coach and worked for a functional medicine doctor in New York City, Dr. Frank Lipman, for a few years. So I've been in the in the New York City nutrition world and my you know most most recently I just came out with a book called The Rebel's Apothecary a practical guide to the healing magic of cannabis CBD and medicinal mushrooms um, based on you know, a very personal story in my life and um, yeah I was unexpectedly kind of propelled into into this realm so so that's where I'm at today. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm so excited for your book. And I, I know a lot of people are going to be excited for your book. Cannabis, CBD, mushrooms, like it is becoming a big buzz right now. A lot of people are talking about it. So I'm so glad that we can dive into this topic today and help our audience and our listeners just really get a better understanding about the usage and the benefits and all of that. So before we go and dive in deeper, Tell us like why you wrote the book. You mentioned that you have a personal story there. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So, so like I said, I've been interested in nutrition and wellness. I mean, as you are for many, many years, but it was mostly, um, you know, for just feeling really good and living a healthy, vibrant life and prevention and wellness. And I was really excited and passionate about nutrition and wellness, but I, it wasn't because of something very serious. You know, I didn't, I didn't have like a serious, serious health condition that propelled me into the nutrition world or anything like that. So I was very exploratory with all different kinds of wellness topics. And I never thought that I would dive into the topic of cannabis and mushrooms, especially cannabis, because I quit drinking and using all drugs back in 2007. And so for me, I considered cannabis to be a drug that I would probably never really care about again. You know, I, it was just something that I just didn't think about that much. And I definitely didn't care much about the legalization of cannabis. Like it just wasn't part of my, part of my sphere. And I cared a little bit about medicinal mushrooms before all of this happened, but it was mostly the same way I cared about any other supplement. You know, I was interested in, in the health properties is the same way I was interested in turmeric or, you know, any other right. supplement. So I had a little bit of knowledge about these things. But in 2017, around Thanksgiving 2017, my dad got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And... That was a moment for me when everything changed as far as my focus in the wellness world and just my complete life focus. A stage four pancreatic cancer diagnosis, for those who don't know anything about pancreatic cancer, is typically very difficult to treat and typically a very aggressive kind of cancer. So when I first Googled pancreatic cancer, which is, first of all, that's a mistake to Google, right. Google pancreatic cancer. It takes you down the rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's nothing good that you're going to find. I mean, at, at least at that point, there was nothing good that I found. The prognosis was um, not good. And it is, you know, just one of the most difficult cancers to treat. And, you know, no cancer, no cancer diagnosis is, is you know, a good one to get, but this is a particularly scary one. So 
when I found that, it was kind of like, okay, I need to get into action somehow. And it was the first time in my wellness career that I I knew that I was going to need to find information that could help my dad. And it was going to be kind of a life or death situation rather than just getting excited about, um, you know, feeling good. <laughs> so right. this was... Um, it was a big, big turning point. So I started to research what I could do to help him. And I knew that he was going to go down the conventional medicine path for getting treated for his cancer. And I wasn't about to try to tell him not to do that. You know, that's definitely not my place to, to make that decision. Right. So I decided that my role with his cancer treatment would be to see how I could best support his immune system to, you know, during chemotherapy, which can really weaken people's immune systems and how I could best just support his overall level of health during this treatment and, you know, potentially help with the cancer too, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to claim to be able to help with cancer, but I knew that there would be some holistic treatments, alternative treatments out there that could support what he was going to be doing conventionally. So I just went down the rabbit hole. I started researching. I started asking around. I started you know, talking to functional medicine doctors and nutrition experts and all the people that I had gotten access to through so many years of working in this field. And I made phone calls and the things that came up the most were medicinal mushrooms and cannabis and CBD, not only from people's recommendations, but from research I was doing on the internet and from documentaries that I was watching and anecdotal stories that I was finding. I started to poke into some you know, research studies and the things that I found were just really promising. And so cannabis and mushrooms ended up just being the two things that I focused on the most because it was what I was was hearing about the most and finding the most information on. So I got my dad started on a path of a, a protocol of, you know, an at-home regimen of different cannabis and CBD and medicinal mushroom products. And, you know, we were very forthcoming with his oncologist and got his oncologist approval of everything we were taking. And we've been monitoring his progress really closely. And he's he's done really well. And so the the reason that the book came about was because I started blogging about these things on my blog and just saying, hey, you know, here's what we've been doing. I'm not, you know, not a medical recommendation, but here's what we've been doing and it's been really working. And when I say working in the sense that his scans have been stable and dormant and his blood, his tumor blood markers have been back into the normal range, which, and now he's about two and a half years after his diagnosis, which with stage four pancreatic cancer, that's a long time. Right. And he's felt really, really well throughout the whole process. And has had none of the normal side effects that you'd get from chemotherapy. At the beginning, he did a little bit before we got him on this protocol, but he's been pretty much side effect free, which is um, remarkable. And mm -hmm. his doctors are just, you know, really amazed by his progress. And so as I was blogging about these things, I really wanted there to be something online to find for people that were searching for pancreatic cancer that was hopeful right. and positive. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to kind of reverse that situation that I had when I first Googled it and couldn't find anything good. I wanted there to be something like, hey, you know, I can't tell you to try this, but start looking into it because it may help. And so, you know, along the way with my dad's with my dad's cancer treatment, I also started using these things for my own wellness and, you know, for sleep and anxiety and pain and my immune system. And so I started to incorporate medicinal mushrooms and CBD into my own life. And so I started talking about that online as well. 
And then a book agent reached out to me and asked, you know, would you be willing to write a book about this? And I was like, how could I say no? Say no you know? yeah, totally. Because the, the messages that I was getting from people, not only, you know, people who are caregivers of, you know, people with cancer, but just people who are generally interested in their own wellness, my inbox started to become flooded with messages. And I thought, you know, if I wrote a book about this and put everything into one place, then at least I'd be able to just hand people something and say, okay, everything's here you know, because I can't manage, you know, responding individually to every single person. But I mean, for a while there, I was getting on the phone with people when they were at cannabis dispensaries and like wow. asking, <laughs> asking them to send me photos of what they see at the dispensary <laughs> and like telling them which products that we were using. And I love doing it and I love connecting with people, but it does become quite a lot. So that's where the book stemmed from. So everything that I've learned along the way with my dad's um, chemotherapy treatments, and then my own wellness, and then you know stories of other people and, and science and research that I found along the way, is um, it's all in there. Oh, that's so amazing! There's so much that I want to dive in and unpack <laughs> here. So, what exactly did it look like for your dad using CBD and cannabis? Like, not that his protocol is going to be everybody's protocol, but I'm sure people are really curious, myself included. You know, like what, what did that look like? Yeah. So there's kind of two different sectors when it comes to using cannabis in this way. And one is what's federally legal in the U.S. I mean, in Canada, you guys have a different situation and it's wonderful because it's, <laughs> it's legal there. So I'm right. assuming, I actually haven't looked that much into the, the different kinds of products you guys have up there, but right, I'm assuming right. you have access to quite an array of different medical cannabis products. Um, I'd love to, come up to, Canada, to yeah. come up to Canada and just like check out what's happening there, <laughs> which um, once we can travel again, I probably I will. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. So, but in, in America, it's federally legal to, you know, sell CBD products that have 0.3% THC or less. THC is the compound within cannabis that gives you the high. So here in America, you can, you can easily now get CBD oil pretty much anywhere <laughs> as long as it has that small, small amount of THC. If you, anything that has more THC, you're going to have to get at a dispense at a dispensary, a licensed dispensary. And uh, in Massachusetts, where my dad lives, it has to be at a medical dispensary. So there, you know, in every state in the U.S., there's different laws where you can have either medical dispensaries, recreational dispensaries. Recreational just means 21. You have to be 21. Right in order to go in and buy products, a medical dispensary means you actually have to have a medical card that's approved by a doctor. So that was the case here in Massachusetts. So we were able to get him started on just CBD oil before he got his medical card. So that's what he started with. And he started with CBD capsules and they had that, you know, very, very small amount of THC, which is actually important in the sense that we can get into this more, I'm sure, but in the sense that the compounds within the cannabis plant all work together. So the CBD and THC are two of the most prevalent compounds within the cannabis plant. They both have different therapeutic benefits, but if they're in the same, if they're in there together in a product together, they can boost each other up. So some people really, you know, like to take a CBD isolate, which is just CBD with nothing else in it. And while that can be effective, it has been shown that it can be more effective, you know, and at smaller doses when there's that tiny bit of THC in there. So- right. So that's called a full spectrum CBD product when it has 
other compounds from the cannabis plant besides just the CBD. So that's what we got my dad started on at first was full spectrum CBD capsules. And the reason we chose capsules was because he just prefers capsules. Right. Um, I When I use CBD, I use it in, a, in an oil tincture under my tongue. Right. And yeah. that's probably one of the most popular ways to use it, but he preferred capsules. So we got him on some of those capsules. And while he was taking the CBD, we got him started on the process of getting his medical card, which here was going to a doctor that could approve him for the medical card and then being able to take that medical card into a dispensary and get a more medical product, which um, he's taking a product called Rick Simpson oil. And it's called Rick Simpson oil because it's inspired by a guy named Rick Simpson, who, according to him, cured his own skin cancer with by applying this oil onto his skin. Amazing. And so after that, you know, all these dispensaries started to create this oil called Rick Simpson oil. That's just a really, really highly concentrated oil of all the different compounds within the cannabis plant. So it's a, it's, you know, it has the THC, it has a C, the Rick Simpson oil, the one that he, that he originally started was very high THC, but the one that my dad takes is a one-to-one -one ratio of CBD to THC. And for most of the medical cannabis doctors that I spoke to while researching the book, they actually recommend the one-to-one -one ratio as, as the most medicinal. And of course, it's going to be different for everybody, but just because the compounds are there in equal amounts to really boost each other's effects, um, that's the one that we chose to go with for for my dad. So it's a, it's a, it's not a, you know, it's not a recreational product. It's not um, like a, even a daily wellness product. It really is a medical, a medical product for serious conditions because there are, you know, there could be like 50 milligrams of CBD and THC in one drop of this oil. And that is a huge amount, especially for THC. Right. For THC, you know, the recreational dose of THC that most people use to, you know, get that high is typically around five to 10 milligrams. So 50 milligrams is really it's huge. A lot. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing, you know, he, you have to really work up your dose slowly. And if you kind of start really, really small and just slowly, slowly increase the dose, you can get to the point where it's not giving you that level of intoxication that's, you know, hindering your day. But the reason for someone on chemotherapy to try a high THC product like that is because it can really help with some of the things that chemotherapy brings on nausea, loss of appetite, trouble sleeping, you know, even, you know, cancer patients often feel depressed and it can help, you know, stimulate your mood. So for him, it was really, really helpful for that nausea and lack of appetite. And that's a huge problem for cancer patients because they end up losing so much weight. Right. And, you know, you see people getting, just getting really, really thin and that, that's, um, that can be, can be scary to not be getting enough nutrition. So for him, the, the THC can really, really help with that, especially with the nausea. He's had almost no nausea with, you know, over 50 rounds of a really strong chemotherapy. Wow. Yeah. And at this point, he's um, he's off of chemotherapy. He's been off of chemo for four months, and he's just doing the cannabis and mushrooms because things have been going so well that the doctor said, "Let's just give you a break." So he's just hanging out, and we're um, you know kind of living scan to scan at this point and just of seeing course. how things go. But it's been really stable. So those were the the cannabis wise. Those were the the first two things that we got him started on this: just the CBD oil, and then and then that medical product.
Super cool. Yeah, I'm sure people, when they hear that, they're like, oh, your dad was like smoking weed throughout his right. cancer treatment. Yeah, like that's typically where people's minds go, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Yeah, my, my dad's like, no, this isn't just like a pleasant experience. <laughs> this course. is like a highly concentrated oil that like doesn't really taste very good. He puts it on a little bit of peanut butter and eats it because it's just so um, thick and oily. I mean, some people do smoke in order to feel relief and... Um, that's fine. It's obviously smoking can be irritating to the lungs and can, there can be, you know, different kinds of chemicals and toxins in smoke. So I don't think smoking is the healthiest way, but I will say with inhaling, it is the quickest way to feel relief from cannabis. It's the fastest acting. So most of the doctors that I've spoken to recommend to do a dry herb vaporizer instead of smoking. Yeah, I was gonna say, did he, yeah. did he use a vaporizer? Yeah, he does have a vaporizer, but it's not an oil vaporizer. It's um one that you actually put like the cannabis, like the buds, the flower, into into the vaporizer, and then it heats it up enough just below you know the smoking point, so it doesn't smoke, but it it can release the the medicine, and so that can be again a healthier way to get that inhalation, that quick relief. If you have a bout of nausea or a bout of anxiety or you need help sleeping quickly. Yes. I have a vaporizer and I'll use it on those times where I'm like, I really need some sleep support right now. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so crazy talking about it because it's like, what will people think? But I know, know it's just, it is so medicinal. It yeah. really is, you know? Well, and like on that note with the, what will people think thing? I also have a vaporizer and I use it, but I use high CBD strain with very little THC in it. Right. And so you can, people are always so surprised when I, you know, show it to them and they're like, that looks like weed. I'm like, right. it is, yeah. it is weed, but it's so high in CBD and you know, yeah. everyone, every strain of cannabis is going to have different amounts of CBD and THC. And now they are breeding a lot of these strains to have such high CBD levels and such low THC levels that you can get the the relief from the CBD without getting high. So for me, when I use the, the vaporizer with the high CBD strain, it's just really calms me down, really chills me out, but I don't feel that like head high that you would get with the THC. So yeah, most people don't really know that that's an option. Yeah. And that's what we have. Like, yes, it, it is mm-hmm. weed. Like you're, I'm grinding it up. I'm putting it in my vaporizer. <laughs> the one that we have is a high CBD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think back to like my youth and like smoking joints mm-hmm. and whatnot and like hacking up like a lung, you know, I just, I can't do that. And there was a way totally. that I wanted to be able to integrate this medicine and use it and not hack up a lung. And so yeah. I had a lot of friends that were recommending vaporizers. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to get this. And, and yeah. yeah, here in Canada, it is very widely accessible now to order online. And there's so many different varieties. It's, it's really wonderful. So maybe let's dive into that because I'm sure people are confused in terms mm-hmm. of the benefits, what to really look for, you know, am I going to get high? Like there's so many right. questions around this. So let's maybe unpack a little bit of this. Sure. Well, I guess starting with the different benefits, um, there's a lot of different benefits of using CBD, but three of the the most popular ones, I guess, are probably sleep, anxiety, and pain. Those are, you know, the ones that I hear the most often. And I think the sleep and anxiety one, that, that goes together because CBD is not 
a sedative on its own. It's not going to knock you out. Actually having a little extra THC in there can make people fall asleep a little bit easier. But that being said, if you have too much THC, it can kind of get your mind racing. So you have to, if you are going to use THC, you have to find that little sweet spot where it kind of chills you out, but doesn't make you feel, it can make you feel more anxious if you have too much with THC. But with CBD, the reason that it helps people so much with sleep is because it helps with anxiety. So a lot of people can't sleep because they have racing thoughts or they're up, you know, you have the physical anxiety or you just feel on edge and that's what CBD can really help with. And that's what I've experienced is help with sleep because it calms down my mind, because it calms down my nervous system, not because it's like a sleeping pill that knocks you out. Right. Absolutely. I can totally relate. And then the same with pain. Another reason why people you know, often have trouble sleeping is because of pain. And so that's another thing that CBD can come in and help with to help you sleep is because it can help with pain. And that is, you know, with the pain part, you can use it in a variety of different ways, whether it's a topical, depending on the kind of pain you have, or, you know, taking a tincture under the tongue or an edible or a capsule. Edibles and capsules actually work the same way because they both have to go through your digestive system. Right. Um, so those are some of the, the main benefits. And as, as far as the different ways that you can use it and are you going to get high, I think one of the things to remember is the more CBD in the product and the less THC, the less likely you are to get high. So the CBD can actually mitigate the high from the THC. So if you have um, a CBD product, I mean, there's different ratios. I'm not sure. Do you guys have different ratios up in Canada, like ratios of CBD to THC yes, in your products? Yes, okay. Yes. So they have that They have that here in California as well. So there's like a 30 to one ratio, 20 to one ratio, 10 to one ratio. And when I say that, that means... 30 milligrams of CBD to one milligram of THC, 20 milligrams of CBD to, to one milligram of THC. If you get down to like 10 milligrams of C- CBD to one THC or less, like 10, 8, 4, 2, that's when you're going to have more likely of a chance to feel the high. Right. Typically, people that do a 10 to 1 ratio or higher um, won't feel as much of a high, but it's very personal. So if you're sensitive to cannabis or you're very new to THC, you may feel something even at a 20 to 1 ratio. So, but just as a general guideline, the more CBD in there, the less likely. So if you're really, if you don't want to feel anything from the THC at all, just go with the highest CBD product you can find. And if you're someone you know, I always recommend if you're someone in sober recovery or you have to get a drug test or the THC, having any of it in your system is an absolute no. You can try a CBD isolate, which is just CBD on its own. Like I said, it's it has been shown to be less effective, but it does work for some people. Some people do really um, find good results with it with an isolate. Or you can try something that's called um, broad spectrum CBD, which is basically CBD with a bunch of the other compounds from the cannabis plant to kind of, you know, give that boosting effect, which is called the entourage effect, which kind of all the compounds work together, but there's no THC in it. So that would probably be, in my opinion, that's better than an isolate because you do have some of those other compounds because there's hundreds of different compounds within the cannabis plant. So that's a kind of a way to start. And I I guess I will say we already talked about inhalation being the fastest acting, but it's also the, it lasts for the smallest amount of time. So that's something to keep in mind. Inhalation can be really good for, like you said, I just need quick relief. I'm feeling like anxiety coming on, or I just need a little help sleeping or something quick, but it won't last for hours, you know, like 
some of the other delivery methods. So my favorite is the under the tongue oil tincture. And that can take maybe 15 or 20 minutes to have an effect, but it'll last, you know, anywhere from four to six hours, you know, depending on the person. And then moving up from there, an edible or a capsule will take longer to set in because it has to go through your digestive system, but it can last longer. So some people with sleep, they'll actually do a combination of either inhalation or a tincture to kind of get quick, quick relief, and then also take a capsule or an edible to keep them asleep through the night. So that's um, kind of, you can kind of do a combo thing there. And you can also do it in combination with a topical if you have muscle soreness or, you know, I broke my tailbone a few years back. And so sometimes I still get very achy if I sit for too long. And so I use a topical, um, actually a one-to-one THC to CBD topical can work really well. And that won't make you feel high. I mean, even with the THC in it, usually, I mean, of course, there's a chance that you could feel something from it, but typically a topical is less likely to to make you feel the high. Uh, okay, good to know. You know, you just reminded me because we do have friends that, so I'm not sure what the, so like the rules and regulations in terms of growing your own plants where you live, but I think here you can have up to four plants. Mm-hmm. And so we have friends that were making their own like salves and creams and stuff. So just reminded me because I do have it in the cupboard and they've mixed it with like some other herbs and stuff. And my fiance like pulled his back the other day. So he's walking mm-hmm. around and I'm thinking, Oh my God. Yeah. He should put that on. Like totally forgot yes. about that. So yes, he should absolutely try it. Yes. I'm, I'm like literally after this episode, <laughs> after <laughs> this recording, I'm going to go have him do that. So let's talk about the endocannabinoid system. What that all means. Sure. Yeah, that's actually, you know, people are always so skeptical. Skeptical. They're like, how can CBD do so many things? You know, right. like, okay, why does this one thing apparently help with so many different things? And it's because we have a system in our body that actually interacts directly with the molecules in the cannabis plant called the endocannabinoid system. And it's not built like we don't have it just because of the cannabis plant we have our own internal molecules that this system is creating and regulating so we have receptors and our own endocannabinoid molecules that we make and these molecules are created in response to stress in response to anxiety in response to pain to kind of keep us in balance keep us in homeostasis so everybody has a different state of the endocannabinoid system. I always compare it to digestion. You know, everybody has a different state of their digestive system. Same with the endocannabinoid system as far as, you know, the health of your receptors and the amount of these different molecules that you have circulating through your body, everyone's going to be a little bit different. And so that's why CBD, that's why dosing is so personal for CBD. Because so basically what happens is we have these molecules in our body and then CBD and THC and the other molecules within cannabis interact directly with the system in different ways. So CBD can basically come in and make it kind of upregulates our endocannabinoid system, meaning that we'll have more of the our own endocannabinoid molecules circulating through our body when we take CBD because it breaks down the enzymes that break down these molecules. So it blocks them from breaking it down, if that makes sense. Um, It can kind of get pretty scientific when you really go into it. But (laughs) basically the point is it interacts with the system in a way that makes these, these molecules tightened in our system, which can help with anxiety and pain and sleep and all the different things that CBD helps with. THC, on the other hand, actually directly binds with the receptors in the system and can mimic our own endocannabinoid molecules. So THC kind of, yeah, just 
does the same thing that these molecules do and CBD just upregulates that system. So it's very intricate and it works throughout the entire body. It's in the immune system, in the nervous system, in the different organs, in the skin. And we have these endocannabinoid receptors everywhere <laughs> in many, many parts of the body. So um, that's why it can work with so many things because these molecules are going in and just interacting with these receptors that are designed to receive these molecules. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so you mentioned sleep and you mentioned pain and anxiety or typically the top reasons why somebody might want to use CBD. Outside of that, are you finding that people are using CBD for insulin or hormone health or PMS or anything like that? Mm, yeah. Well, the thing, I mean, I, I think there needs to be more research still on, on CBD and cannabis and hormones in general. I've been trying to look some, some of it up and there, there's some research on it, but there, there definitely needs, needs to be more, but people are really using it for, um, as far as hormonal imbalances, people are using it for kind of this, the side effects that come along with the different hormonal right. imbalances, you know? So like mood swings or depression, um, and insomnia, lack of focus, that kind of focus. People use CB smaller amounts of CBD have actually been shown to be better for focus and alertness. And then higher amounts can often be the, you know, more calming. I mean, right. again, that's going to depend on the person, for but sure. definitely with inflammation, it can really help to calm inflammation and yeah, mood focus inflammation. And then aside from that, the medicinal mushrooms are the ones that can kind of swoop in and, and help with a lot of the other things that can come along with hormonal imbalances. So I don't know if you want to shift into mushrooms, but yeah, those guys. exactly <laughs> where I'm going next. <laughs> I was going to say you mentioned mushrooms earlier, so I really want to dive into this because I think, you know, I've talked a lot about mushrooms in terms of medicinal mushrooms on the podcast because I've been using them for years from chaga mushroom, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane, like I love them. I'm always drawn to them back in like my, maybe like my late teens, early twenties, when I just started to learn about supplementation and was diving deeper into wellness. I was always so drawn to them. And there was this company way back in the day that had this amazing mushroom product and I worked in the health food store. And so I used that product for immune health and I just, I loved it. I felt amazing on it. And so I think when people think about mushrooms, they think psychedelics, mm -hmm. or they think button mushrooms to cook with <laughs> and yep. put in your omelet, right? And so I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into medicinal mushrooms. Like what, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you totally hit the nail on the head with what most people think about when they hear medicinal mushrooms. They, they, most people think that just means psychedelic mushrooms, right. um, which, you know, psychedelic mushrooms can have their own medicinal properties. And I do, I do touch upon them in the book just because there's some really interesting research going on. Oh, we're going to talk about them. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Yeah. So, totally. so, but the, the main medicinal mushrooms that I, you know, take and I focus on that my dad takes are completely non-psychedelic, but they're in a different class than the button mushrooms and the portobello mushrooms and the ones that you see at the grocery store. Right. They're kind of this, this, they're their own class of mushrooms that are some of them are directly edible some you have to extract into powders or tinctures but they're all they all have different medicinal properties and 
they across the board are all really supportive for the immune system. So those that's probably why you felt so good taking whatever mushroom product. It sounds like you took a blend of something. Yeah, it was a blend of like seven or eight different mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, so having that blend of different mushrooms not only gives you that really comprehensive immune support, but then each mushroom has its own medicinal properties that are you know different from just the immune support. So having that, you know, symphony of different mushrooms in your system can really make you feel better in a lot of areas. Yeah. Awesome. So what sort of mushrooms was your dad taking? Yeah. So the first, aside from the psychedelic mushrooms, I cover in the book, seven different medicinal mushrooms, and he's taking every single one of these seven mushrooms every day. I take probably three to four different mushrooms in a day. I don't take all of them, but the ones that we started him on were shiitake and turkey tail. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we started him on those two is because I had gotten tipped off to turkey tail mushroom from a compounding pharmacist at the functional medicine practice where I used to work. And he said, look into turkey tail and cancer. And there's actually been studies on turkey tail reducing tumors and particularly breast cancer tumors. Yes. I was just going to say, I heard some great research about breast mm, cancer. Yeah. So I was very excited about that research. So I got my dad on turkey tail immediately. The second one that I got him on is a supplement called AHCC. And that is a supplement that's derived from shiitake mushrooms. And, you know, shiitake is amazing because it's one of the ones that's really easy to find at the grocery store for for some grocery stores, not all. But it's one that people are probably most familiar with out of all the medicinal mushrooms um, is shiitake because, you know, they're found in so many different dishes. And so these, this supplement AHCC, the reason I got him on that is because they actually use it in China and Japan at cancer hospitals in conjunction with chemotherapy to keep the immune system strong. And there's been studies on that too, to show that it can really strengthen the immune system, especially chemotherapy weakened immune systems. So those were the first two that I got him on. In addition to those two, he started taking lion's mane because one of the side effects he was experiencing at the beginning of his chemo was neuropathy. So like loss of feeling in, in your and tingling in your fingers and toes, right. which yeah. is really common for, for chemotherapy. So it's, it's related to nerve damage. And when I started to learn about lion's mane, I thought, you know, maybe this would help him with his neuropathy because lion's mane can be very good for the nerves and can actually can repair the myelin sheath around the nerves, which is like the coating around the nerves that protects the nerves. So lion's mane has been shown to regenerate that. So that was very exciting to me. So I got my dad on the lion's mane and within two weeks of taking it every day, he started to be able to feel things with his fingertips again. So he put his contact lenses in again and he could feel, you know, his buttons and and coins in his pocket and that was definitely a before and after moment for him with the lion's mane so lion's mane is another that he's that he's on and then in addition he's on a blend probably similar to the one that you took of a bunch of different mushrooms and he just takes that in a smoothie every day so he's on he's on a bunch of different ones but the other the other ones besides lion's mane shiitake and turkey tail are chaga reishi maitake cordyceps I'm probably probably forgetting one because I'm not counting, but oh, it's all good. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's the gist. So he's taking all of those in in different forms. That's amazing. Yeah, I now take like a product that is just like a powdered form, so I'll either mix it into smoothies or something like that, or make like a nice little elixir with it and use that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I take it pretty much every day. I absolutely love it. So yeah. let's dive into psychedelic mushrooms. Okay, <laughs> because I mean. 
I think they're awesome. <laughs> and I also think that there's just, there's so much coming out in like the media about psychedelics. And there's been some like interesting documentaries on Netflix and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff and books. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think people are, I don't know what the word is, maybe just opening up a little bit more to like the world of psycho psychedelics. I know that like back in the day, again, back in my youth, like a lot of my friends took mushrooms just as like smoking weed. And mm -hmm. I was never really into mushrooms. I remember this one experience where uh, we were at like a friend's pool party. Friends were doing mushrooms and they offered me some. I took a really small amount. I felt like really dizzy. Like all the colors around me felt like really hazy and weird. I just, I didn't love the feeling. And I remember like leaving and going home and it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. And that was my experience with mushrooms. So every time it came up over the years, I was like, ah, this isn't, you know, I'm not really interested in this until I really started to hear about people really using mushrooms for a spiritual journey and diving in deeper. And whether that, like I had some friends that were like, it's literally like doing five years of therapy. And like, you know, you hear about all these things. And I think as you get older, there's just this like different respect for it and how you use it. Um, so I do have a story, but I have not shared it publicly with anybody yet because it is a wild, wild story. And I'm like, I think maybe we have to do an episode on it one day. Cool. It was the weirdest experience like of my life. So I keep really, yeah, it was really wild. <laughs> and so I did it earlier this year. I think it was maybe like February or March, and my partner did it too. And like, we did it at home, safe setting weighed out our amount we made like a little chocolate drink and we drank it and then like he did his on a separate day than I did but I could just like sit there with him and like kind of guide him through it yeah and like you know just kind of like hold space for him and then he did the same thing for me so we've talked about coming onto the podcast and sharing our experiences um but I'm like I, I don't know if I want to share mine publicly yet but anyways like let's let's just talk about them the psychedelics okay. what are your thoughts on them why you know, why are they getting like such a buzz nowadays? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would love to hear that experience. So <laughs> let me know if you guys do that podcast episode, I will listen okay. to it. <laughs> I will. I absolutely will. But yeah, I mean, psychedelics, it's so it's a tricky subject, right? Because first of all, you know, it is still illegal. I mean, in Canada, what's the deal in Canada with yeah. psilocybin? I'm pretty sure. Like we were doing some microdosing for a couple of years, but it's like totally under the radar. Like we just had friends right. that were like, yeah, sound to us. Yeah. So yeah. And I think you can like order it online in Canada. I think there's like, maybe I think there's some looser regulations. Up yeah. There in Canada. There's more flexibility around it. Maybe. <laughs> but just speaking, speaking to the U S it's illegal and also is not the kind of thing that I would personally recommend people just experiment with on their own without a lot of information or, I mean, ideally, like, I, I definitely can't recommend that people just try psychedelics on their own. Right. Ideally, you would have like a trained therapist or a guide guiding you. I mean, in your situation, you had someone that's called a sitter who just sits with you yeah. and can monitor your experience. Someone who is not taking the psychedelic, who can just make sure you're okay. Yes. That's really, really important. I mean, People are going to experiment with it. And they're going to do what they're going to do. Of but course. I just have to say, I think it's really important not to try it alone and not to just, you know, mess around with the dosage that you're taking and just see what happens. Because 
psychedelics can be awesome and really helpful, especially with microdosing. It can be, you know, really wonderful. But if you take a little bit too much and you're by yourself and you're not sure how to manage it, it can bring on some uncomfortable feelings and can take you to places that you're not really ready to go. So just like that kind of disclaimer. (laughs) But as far as some of the research, what excites me about um, psychedelics, I mean, specifically psilocybin mushrooms, psilocybin is a psychedelic compound in, in these mushrooms, um, is the research that's happening with depression. And, you know, depression is something that I've personally struggled with my whole life and, um, you know, off and on. And so they're, they're doing a lot of research right now comparing uh, psilocybin to antidepressants, to SSRIs, which are, you know, the, the normal kind of pharmaceutical antidepressants. And right now that research is going on to see how it compares. But there's been other, you know, studies going on with psilocybin and depression specifically, and other things like smoking cessation and um, anxiety and things like that. But depression, I think, is the is the main one that that I'm the most intrigued by. And specifically, actually, I mean, specifically, one of the realms that they're studying it is with cancer patients, with the depression that comes along with having cancer and the end of life anxiety. And people are saying that, you know, the having a psilocybin session with a a high dose of psilocybin that actually takes you on a psychedelic trip um, can alleviate that end of life anxiety for people. And that's amazing. You know, there's different things that are happening with psychedelics. And one of them is, you know, taking a higher amount to have this spiritual journey or to potentially alleviate depression or anxiety. And that can be really profound. And then the other end of it is the microdosing, which again, you know, here it is illegal, (laughs) but microdosing is taking a really small amount of a psychedelic compound. And they say it should be sub-perceptual, meaning like you can't really even tell that you took anything. Right. But what it does is it can help you for some people, it can help increase focus, it can help alleviate depression, and it can just be this gentle but subtle kind of enhancement. You know, like you said, when you when you tried mushrooms, like colors were looking weird. And like if you take mushrooms, it can it change your perception. It's it changing your neural pathways in your brain. But when you're doing microdose, at least in my experience, I will say when I've microdosed, it's not a psychedelic experience, but colors and light and things are just enhanced a tiny bit. So when I've microdosed, I, again, I don't recommend people try it alone, but um, it's like, you can't, you're not high. You're not hallucinating. You're not on a trip. There's just like subtle shifts. And for me, it does help with depression. And so there's part of me that feels um, reckless talking about it. And I'm sure you kind of feel the same way. It sounds like, because it is an illegal compound, it is something not to mess with. But for me, I think it's important for people to know that it can help with depression, you know, whether you're just going to keep your fingers on the pulse of this research and wait till it is legal and then use it in a therapeutic setting or get prescribed by a doctor that will be coming that will be in the future. Um, Or if you do decide to experiment with it on your own, which some people will, I just think it's important for people to know that it exists because it can be really, really, um, really helpful. And I'm, I'm excited for, for it to become more readily available. I don't, I don't think it would be smart to have it just readily available to buy anywhere and to right. just do whatever you want with. But I do think in in therapeutic settings and for therapists to have access to to working with people with these compounds, it could be really you know game changing for mental health. Absolutely, and I mean 
the a bit of a background too like that's how we were initially introduced to it it was probably about like a year and a half ago a friend of ours just introduced us to like microdosing, gave us a few capsules my fiance and i we did them together and again yeah you don't you don't feel anything there you know there wasn't this like high or there's or anything like that i had like a bit of a mild headache and so we experimented with that for a little bit and then i started to dive in deeper into the research um, we started to read a lot of work from like Michael Pollan and um, he's got a book out about psychedelics and mushrooms and all of that. And we went to a few documentaries and like, it was about a year and a half. We were just like really diving in and really doing research and really asking questions and, you know, coming from this place of like, okay, if we were going to do, do it for psychedelic reasons, like what's that going to look like? What do we want to do it for? What are we trying to get out of it? What's, what's that, what do we want that journey to be? And so, it took time to get to that point to really feel comfortable with it. And then we, you know, we planned, okay, you know, you'll do it one day. I'll do it. And this is, this is how we'll do it. And it was a really great experience. And it's not this like, Oh my God, I got to do this again. There's like, you know, it's like you're using it to discover and uncover different realms about your site, yourself and life and whatnot. And I'm sure we'll do it down the road, but it's not this like, like addiction that you need to eat, right? Right. That's exactly right. And one thing to note is, you know, the studies that they're doing on depression with psilocybin are with higher amounts that do take you on a psychedelic journey. So it's not with microdosing. The research on microdosing is like in its infancy. It'll, it will continue. It will, I'm sure much more will come out, but right now most of the research is on taking a higher dose like that. And you're, you do not want to just do that every day no (laughs) no no. it's like exactly it's a type of thing that like you do it and you're not like oh that was so pleasant I'm gonna go (laughs) do that again tomorrow so it's not um yeah it's not like it's not like that kind of thing where you're just wanting to use it recreationally (laughs) all the time I mean I I did that in college as well and even then I wasn't like it wasn't the kind of experience where I wanted to have it often (laughs) for sure of course yeah and that's why it took me like 20 something years to want to even dive into it and I had to like really do my research and understand because yeah I think back to when I was like 16, 17 and did them. And was like, that wasn't a good feeling. Yeah. 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 But I mean, pe- Michael Pollan actually has some really good resources on his website, on his resources page with, you know, different psych where, how to kind of find a psychedelic guide or, you know, just harm reduction things, just making sure awesome. you're fully, fully researched. And I'll add some more to my website too. But um, it is, yeah, it is one of those things where if you're going to do it, you want to make sure you feel really comfortable and you want to, you know, make sure you're you're feeling the per whoever is guiding you through the process. You want them to at least have some knowledge and experience of, of doing these things. But I think over the next few years, I think we're going to see so much more about this coming out. And I think the stigma around psychedelics, I mean, and cannabis, that's why kind of why I wanted to put them in one book, mushrooms and cannabis, because the stigma is changing so much. And these yeah. things aren't just uh, recreational drugs. They can be very therapeutic if we learn how to work with them correctly. So I think it's a really exciting field. Yeah, it is. It's really amazing. I can't wait to dive into your book. So so tell us a little bit more about your book, where our listeners can grab it. Sure. Well, I mean, right now, bookstores, at least around here, are not open. So, <laughs> so if you have a bookstore near you, you could probably find it there. But right now right. online, like wherever you can buy books, it's there. And it's called The Rebel's Apothecary. And the book, it goes through a bunch of different wellness 
wellness topics. So it's not just about cancer or chemotherapy side effects. There is a section about cancer. And, you know, my dad and I together put together a managing chemo side effects protocol type of thing. It's basically just everything that he's been doing. But then it also goes through a bunch of different wellness topics like anxiety, sleep, pain, all the things that we've been talking about. And then it goes through every mushroom and what each mushroom is good for, how to take it, you know, if it's better in a tincture or a tea or, you know, and if, if so, how to make the tea. And so I really went pretty deep with each mushroom. And then cannabis as well. There's a whole kind of cannabis 101 and what are the different methods of delivery and the topical and the inhalation and the tincture and all the different ways that you can use it and guidelines on dosing from doctors. And one of the things I'm, I'm really the most proud about with this book is that I, I interviewed a lot of doctors and scientists for it because when I first got started with the book, I was like, I am not an expert in this topic. I'm just beginning my research, but there's people who have been in the field for so many years doing this research and really trying to get that research out there. So I would go into the research studies and I would find the people's names that were on the study and contact those people. And I've really, you know, made sure that their work is represented in the book. Um, So I I feel very proud of that because I, you know, there's people that have been doing just such wonderful work for so long. Um, So all those people are in there too. So you'll get, um, you know, you'll get some, some expert names that you can look further into their work. That's amazing. Well, thanks so much for sharing all of that. I can't wait to get my hands on your book and dive in. And outside of that, where can everybody find you? Well, my blog is healthycrush.com. And you can, besides that, I'm uh, mostly on Instagram. So Jenny Sansusi on Instagram. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, thanks so much for sharing all that incredible knowledge with our listeners today. I will be sure to put all of this in our show notes. And it was just so fun having this conversation. It is so fun to talk to you. I love your enthusiasm about the topic too. That makes such a big difference. And the fact that you have all this experience with it and you're a fellow mushroom enthusiast (laughs) and and cannabis enthusiast. Absolutely. Yeah, that was so great. Well, thank you so much again. And everybody go grab your book. It's fantastic. And um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you. All right, everybody, how fun was that? And maybe on a future episode, I will share with you my experience with psychedelic mushrooms. I'm just not ready to go there just yet. So I really hope you enjoyed that. Do grab Jenny's book, The Rebels Apothecary. You can head to rebelsapothecary.com and you can also grab a free immunity chapter from her book by heading over to healthycrush.com forward slash immunity. All of this will be into today's show notes. So head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 116. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review. I can't wait to read them. They're so exciting. I love diving into them every week. You can leave ratings and reviews on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. And be sure to hang out with me on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie. And you can also follow Jenny over there, Jenny Sansusi. Her last name is S-A-N-S-O-U-C. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll chat with you guys next week when it will be, oh my God, August, which is crazy. Have an amazing week. Take care, guys. Uh